From KVMR and in partnership with Free, this is Disability Rap. The vote is the one thing that doesn't identify me as citizen with a disability, as a male, as a white man, as anything. Your vote is blind. Today, Alabama voters on their lawsuit to make voting more accessible in that state. Alabama has history. Um, you know, Missouri may be called the show me state. Uh, Alabama probably would be better uh, named the make me do it state. Um, and so um, we from time to time have to file these lawsuits to get uh, Alabama to follow the law. That's all coming up on Disability Wrap. Stay tuned. Welcome to Disability Wrap. I'm Carl Sigmund. With Lindsay Wells. Today we turn to Alabama where people with disabilities are suing three counties in the state for failure to provide an absentee voting option that is fully accessible for blind voters and other voters with disabilities. The lawsuit filed earlier this month by four individuals and the National Federation of the Blind of Alabama alleges that the counties are violating the rights of blind voters and other voters with disabilities by failing to provide them with an accessible means to mark and return their absentee ballots. Under federal law, all in-person voting locations must have at least one accessible voting machine. But as we have covered on Disability Wrap before, Absentee voting, sometimes called voting by mail, isn't always accessible for all people with disabilities in all states. For more on all of this, we're joined by two guests. Dr. Eric Peoples is one of the named plaintiffs in the Alabama lawsuit. He currently serves as Executive Director of Accessible Alabama, an organization that works to increase accessible housing options in communities for people with disabilities and those facing growing limitations as they age. He has a PhD in rehabilitation from Auburn University. Eric has spastic cerebral palsy because of an oxygen deprivation during birth. This trauma has severely limited his motor skills to the point of functional quadriplegia. Also with us is Bill Vanderpool, Senior Trial Counsel at the Alabama Disabilities Advocacy Program. Bill is one of the attorneys representing the plaintiffs in the absentee voting lawsuit. Well, Eric Peebles, and Bill Vanderpoel. Welcome to Disability Rap. It's great to have both of you with us. Eric, I want to begin with you. Oh, 
Can you just set the stage for us? And explain why an absentee ballot is not accessible for you and other people with what we call print disabilities. Yeah, thank you, print. Having us, by the way, one of the biggest barriers for me as an individual is because of my mobility impairment. I have type of a print disability because, number one, my lack of muscle control in my head and my neck makes it difficult for me to track a line. And because of my functional quadrature, I also have a difficulty manipulating pages of a book or pieces of paper or things like that. So even the in-person voting process in Alabama, or at least in the counties where I lived, is difficult for me because, you know, while we had the express vote machines that allow you to vote through touchscreen, you're still required to take a paper slip and put it into the optical scanner when you're done and or if the if you can't reach the screen from your mobility device, the sanctity of your vote is uh, violated because you're getting assistance from a proctor or whoever you bring with you. From the from the absentee process, which is something we all got very used to in Alabama as during the 2020 election cycle because of the pandemic, in order to cast an absentee ballot in the state of Alabama, and this is statewide, not county specific, an individual must have a signature of two, two simultaneous witnesses on your absentee ballot application and or have it notarized by an and or have it notarized by a notary public who has a commission in the state. So for someone that lives independently like us, it's very it's very cumbersome to even get one carried there at it in your presence at a time in order to witness an absentee ballot versus, you know, much less two people that have to be there simultaneously. And if I was to do that with my HCBS waiver funded staff, I would also be in violation of state Medicaid law and state and CMS regulations by having two aides working at the same time, which is outside of the realm of the care plan. So 
to bring the 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 paper development system as currently set up in Alabama is very cumbersome for people with physical disabilities and, and print disability. Often you're not, this means that an individual with a print manipulation disability like I've got has to manage paper ballots, you know, possibly risk dropping it on the floor, running it over with a 300 pound wheelchair. <laughs> so our plan, our solution is to let people with disabilities and frankly all with all those who wish to participate in the absentee voting process to cast their vote using a similar internet system, internet-based system that our U.S. servicemen and women who are residents of the Alabama of Alabama also are free are free to take advantage of today. So we're not asking the state to reinvent the wheel. The infrastructure is already in place. We're just asking for this to be an option that is available to people that need it in order to achieve equal access to the poll. Great. Thank you, Eric. And I just want to explain for our listeners a bit more about what you're talking about. You're referring to remote accessible vote by mail or our AVBM. Which I want to be clear up front. It is not internet voting. But what it is is. It is an online system. Where voters can receive and mark their ballots using a computer. Maybe with assistive technology. And then print and return their ballot. By mail or at a drop off location. So, Eric, can you say a bit more? 
what you calling about what you're calling for with our AVBM and then we'll call Bill in here as well. You're exactly right, Carl. The thing what we're talking about is the ability for an individual to receive a secure thing from their county election manager be able to complete their ballot on the computer and then be able to print it out. The advantages to this approach are many for the individual with a disability. What are the one of one of the things that I always tell the my the council when we're going over these types of cases is that the vote is the one thing that doesn't identify me as an as a citizen with a disability, as a male, as a white man, as anything. Your vote is blind. And the only way that the sanctity of that vote is not violated is if I'm able to cast that vote independently in the privacy of my own home or office or whatever I choose. Because even regular in-person voting requires, in my case, that I have my driver or the poll worker physically fill out the paper ballot based on my direction. And um, the way our voting system is set up, it's precinct-based, like everybody else. So my neighbors, the people I go to church with, you know, somebody that may shop at the grocery store down the street that I go to, you know, is voting at the same polling place, could be voting at the same time and hear me, overhear me uh, expressing my political views. And when you, when you live in a deep red state like Alabama, and your views are not distant or anything but deep red, you really don't want your neighbors knowing where you, you really don't want your neighbors knowing what your political persuasions are. If they know you well, we'll figure it out anyway, but still you don't want to offer you don't want to offer them low hanging fruit. Before we bring Bill in. I just want to clarify that here in California, we do have our AVBM available to any voter with a disability in any county. Thank you, Eric and Carl. And Bill, I want to bring you in here 
As an advocate and activist in the disability community, I know that taking someone to court isn't the first move. So I imagine that there was a lot leading up to filing this suit against these three counties. Bill, can you talk about the advocacy in Alabama and how you got to the point of taking this to court? Voting, I think, is one of our most important rights. It's probably the only time in the world that I'm going to be the, you know, uh, on the same level as Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or anyone else like that. Uh, I get one vote, they get one vote. Um, I've been an attorney now for almost 40 years. It'll be 40 years next year. Um, and you're right. Um, we have far more things that we could sue people over uh, at our agency than we have the manpower to do. So we have to, you know, find those things that are the are the most offensive and, and um, uh, are not able to be resolved um, in, in a way. Um, Alabama... Uh, has a history of uh, simply not um, following the law or or um, wanting to work in a way to ensure that everyone is treated equally. Um, the, you need to look no further than the Milliken case out of the, the southern part of the state where uh, the Supreme Court ordered the state of Alabama to create a second uh, opportunity district for Black voters um, and instead of doing that, the legislature basically thumbed their nose at the Supreme Court um, and did not do that um, to the chagrin of the three judge panel who um, was, you know, uh, uh, very miffed about that. Um, Alabama has history. Um, you know, Missouri may be called the show me state. Uh, Alabama probably would be better uh, named the make me do it state. Um, and so um, we, from time to time, have to file these lawsuits to get uh, Alabama to follow the law. And then, Bill, can you just put your lawsuit into a broader national context? Last year, we did a show on disability rap on the state of voting access for people with disabilities nationwide. We mentioned that RAVBM is available for voters with disabilities here in California, but it's not available in every state and clearly not available in the three counties you're suing in Alabama. So where are we on a national level in terms of voting access and what are you calling for? So uh, to make it a little clearer, um, how one votes in Alabama, we use only paper ballots. And it's kind of like what we used back in college days or high school days where you have to fill in the little bubble um, with a, a, a black number two pencil. Um, and for someone who is blind or someone like Eric who has mobility issues, um, that's simply not uh, a, a realistic or possible alternative. So that the only way those individuals can vote is to tell someone else how they wish to vote, uh, disclose their their, sac their sacred and secret uh, right to cast a vote for whomever they wish to do so. Um, as Eric said, this is we're not asking for something that is like new technology. There's a federal statute called UCAVA, the Uniform Uniformed. I can't remember exactly what the all the letters stand for, but it's it's essentially for individuals who live are citizens and live outside of the United States or are um, our military. 
that have this exact right, the exact right we're asking for, which is an electronic uh, access to a ballot and an electronic marking and electronic return. Alabama has this system. All we're asking for them is to make this system available to the rest of uh, Alabamians. Um, it's not, this is not rocket science. Now, in terms of, you know, where we stand nationwide, um, about 15 states um, have this sort of system where they've, you know, come along and, and they're not all blue states. They're mostly blue states, uh, but there are, you know, states like West Virginia and, and Ohio um, that are not generally considered, um, you know, the, the deep blue states that I think have, have chosen to do the right thing which is to make sure that everyone has an opportunity to vote. Um, I'd rather you have an opportunity to vote and vote for someone, the different person than I voted for, than you not have that right to vote or you be excluded of that right to vote. Um, everyone should have that chance. Um, I've always said that you shouldn't be allowed to complain unless you voted. One of the things that we, we tried to do in People First to get Alabama to accommodate people within, with disabilities uh, so that they could vote safely was curbside voting. Um, curbside voting was not illegal in Alabama. Um, the only person who was trying to make curbside voting illegal was the Secretary of State who ordered the counties to stop doing it. And then uh, immediately thereafter, instead of expanding the rights to people to vote in Alabama, the legislature codified the fact that curbside voting is illegal. Um, so they did exactly the opposite of what you would hope um, an entity would do if they were actually interested in having more people vote or making it more inclusively available for people to vote. They did exactly the opposite by going in and explicitly passing a statute making curbside voting illegal. Thank you, Bill. Eric, what advice do you have for people across the country waiting to expand voting access for people with disabilities? Really, just keep going. Get involved. To borrow a phrase from the father of the ADA, Justin Dart, get involved with politics and get involved with voting as if your life depended on it, because it uh, because it does. The vote, as I said earlier, is and Bill echoed to the point where this is the only time that he's on a level playing field with with uh, with Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and whoever. You know, this is the only time that I am not labeled as a as a white college educated male with a disability. My vote's just as good as the kid that just turned 18 and hasn't yet graduated from high school. My vote's just as good as the 99-year-old lady that has been voting in every election since, you know, her Harry Truman you know, when you're when when you're elect when your county election supervisors are counting those ballots, and if they can't tell the difference between mine 
and the and the young kid or the is the senior so it just keep keep fighting don't become disenfranchised just because the process is too difficult you know do what it is you have do what it is you have to do make just like they say when you know NBC News and the other groups say make your vote make your precinct plan make your voting plan that's all the more important for folks with disabilities who rely on supports whether that be public transit or a or a caregiver or friend or neighbor to help them participate in the in the voting process you know think through that plan think through what what's it going to take for you to apply for the absentee ballot or what's it going to take for you to um, you know participate in the process on election day um it as it's as it states in the complaint, the only reason I didn't vote in the 2022 midterm was because the the uh, county election board had changed my polling place, and I didn't get the or my apartment complex didn't get the update when they did their did the when they did their new tenant literature and i went around to two different places that i didn't you know didn't didn't end up getting voted because i was worried because the independent living center of mobile was also a voting plot polling place and i didn't want to leave i didn't want to leave the facility unattended without staff while i was exercising my rights to citizenship. So, you know, that those are those are the those are the sacrifices that that those of us that are strong disability advocates in this space have to make um, when it comes to how the, how their vote and how their participation can be most effective and do the most good for the greatest uh, greatest number of citizens. As we wrap up, Bill. Talking to a national audience. Of disability advocates. What should we be doing? In the months and years to come. People with disabilities traditionally are relatively low uh, outcome uh, voters. Um, and you, you, you need to think about um, a difference in 513 votes in the state of Florida would have changed who the president was. Um, you know, there have been numerous occasions where one or two votes would have changed who your congressman was. 
Um, it, it, it is imperative if you want to be heard, this is one of your best uh, opportunities to do so and do not ever give up um, that right. And there will be people like uh, me and, and others in this that will always be here willing to help and fight uh, for your right to uh, express your opinion and your vote. That was Bill Vanderpool, Senior Trial Counsel at the Alabama Disabilities Advocacy Program. We also spoke with Dr. Eric Peoples, Executive Director of Accessible Alabama. And that does it for the show. We have an announcement, especially for our KVMR listeners. Starting in November, we'll be airing Disability Wrap on the second Wednesday of the month at 6.30 p.m. So again, we're shifting when we air Disability Wrap on KVMR from the first Monday of the month to the second Wednesday of the month, still at 6.30 p.m. For our podcast listeners, new episodes will now drop on the second Wednesday of each month around 7 p.m. Pacific Time here in the United States. You can also go to our website, disabilityrap.org to listen to past shows, read transcripts, and subscribe to the Disability Rap podcast. You can also subscribe to our podcast by searching Disability Rap on any of the major podcast platforms. Special thanks to our production assistant, Courtney Williams. I'm Lindsay Wells with Carl Sigmund for another edition of Disability Rap.